Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and this is the show where I interview awesome people who are WordPress entrepreneurs, developers, designers, marketers, bloggers. If you haven't been watching the show, where the heck have you been? Uh, I've been going around the globe uh, trying to find some of the most uh, interesting and awesome people in WordPress, not only in WordPress, but folks who are running a business, making a living uh, touching and using WordPress. Today, I have Dave Donaldson from Max Foundry. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, so, Dave, we're going to jump into uh, <laughs> what I usually go with the two-minute drill of who you are, where you've been, what you do with WordPress, and how you got started. Okay. Um, let's see. I got started with WordPress. I'm actually... With regards to a lot of other people out in the WordPress community, I'm going to be one of the, quote, younger ones in terms of WordPress experience. Now, I'm, I'm 37, so I've been doing this stuff for 18 years now, so I'm not young in that, in that sense. But I got started in WordPress from an idea of a friend of mine and who I've known for a long time, came to me with an idea to do something, and I thought, ah, sure, why not? I was looking for something, something completely different to do. It was kind of burnt on the things that I was doing with consulting and stuff like that. And I thought, sure, why not? I never touched WordPress. I didn't know MySQL, PHP, none of that stuff. But I'm a technology person, so you know, when you, you just sort of you come to something new, you just sort of throw yourself into it, you learn everything you can and just get absorbed into it. And that's what happened. So that's been I see not quite three years ago, a little under three years now, I think, something like that, two and a half years ago or so. Um, and then the Max Foundry is what came out of that. And so we had this idea to do a real, serve a real niche. And, um, you know, we kind of tried to expand from there. Awesome. That's, that's really uh, good to know. And I, I think that there's a lot of folks who are getting into WordPress um, that, you know, they, they haven't been around since, you know, Matt Mullenweg started it, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, and it's good to see that, there's new blood coming in and not just new blood from like, Hey, there's a new awesome developer an awesome designer, but somebody who's got new business ideas, right? Somebody who's creating, yeah. um, creating the ecosystem, <clears throat> the marketplace. Right. Uh, right. Did you, were you running, you said you have 18 years of experience in this. Were you running another software type of company? Yeah. I mean, I came from, you know, I've been doing .NET stuff for so long, you know, and there's a bunch Curse of Java. Curse yeah. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> You know, there's a bunch of job in my background and and that sort of that sort of stuff. But it's all been on. It's all been primarily web technologies anyway. So I mean, I've been doing web stuff since HTML, you know, one back when NCSA Mosaic browser was around. You know, so it goes back to the you know near the beginning there. Um, so it's sort of a, it's anything that's around the web just sort of is a natural extension of what I've always done. Now I've done a couple other things in the past, like I started a. Launched a website a few years back called League Galaxy, which is around uh, amateur managing amateur sports teams and stuff like that, with really a heavy emphasis on baseball because that's where my that's where my love is and that sort of thing. Um, but I and I'd worked for you know another startup called Intelligent Systems out of Dallas, which is where I cut my teeth on a lot of this stuff with regards to not only product development side of things, but then how that gets marketed and sold and the support and services that go behind it and that sort of thing. So yeah. I've done a lot of consulting too. One of the things that um, when I was uh, doing some research um, on your company, on Max Foundry, is the two things that stood out the most for me is one, this is a super focused uh, brand. 
Yeah. Um, it, it looks like it's very focused on creating leads for folks, converting leads, um, and making things a little bit easier for, for that t- type of audience on WordPress. Because let's, yeah. fa- let's face it, WordPress is great, and we love it, and we're in it, and it's easy for us. But it's still not the best, uh, most easy solution for, for the business guy or gal. Yeah, um, yeah. And the other thing I noticed is it looked like you were really um, positioned with a great startup team. It looked like you were that you had all the bases covered. Yeah, and I think that's that's been true. I mean, it's that we've we've certainly struggled at times, and I've not made any. I've been fair, pretty transparent about that, you know. And but that's I think just in general, the hard part about trying to run a startup is that it's just hard you know but we do ha- we do have a really good team myself and Bob Senoff who's my business partner he's been around the VC side of things for a long time um, so when I get into real doldrums you know he's the first one to call me and go dude it's it's okay you'll be you'll be just fine you know and then we've got a couple other people you know freelancers that are really good that have helped us out now for quite a while um, you know John Hartley takes care of a lot of support and helps me out with some product stuff and that sort of thing and then uh, Nicole Farrell does all of our button stuff with the Max Buttons Pro plugin, and she's that changed when we brought her in to do that. That totally changed that product. So, yeah, we've got a really small, really sort of laser focused team, um, and that's that's certainly helped. We've we've had our moments where we sort of would veer off and all that, but we usually don't get too far off the tracks. So we try to bring it back in. For the for the folks who are listening who might not even understand the startup culture and even the and even coming up with a startup idea, um, I interview a lot of folks who are making these super in depth plugins. They have thousands of features, or there's yeah. they, they're creating hundreds of themes. You're bringing it down to a button, right? Yeah, yeah. So so explain <laughs> explain that to explain that to folks. We're talking okay. about, we're talking about buttons. Why is that important? And 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 why is it important to find the most simplistic idea for a startup? Yeah, so there's a brief history of, of the button stuff. I back when we we were selling themes, um, I know it's not out there now. We've sort of stopped doing that to really focus on the plug-in side, um, and which we can talk about that later. But we I, I I created this thing called Venture, which sold a few copies and whatnot. And in this thing, what I built this whole UI and the admin to create a call to action button that was shown on the homepage. And it was the basis for what you see in the Max Buttons plugin now. And when I got done with it, I thought, man, that I could just extract that piece out and we could let people create buttons for anything, you know? The, it's sort of the, the idea about the buttons came from the point of, I mean, how everybody who's ever worked on a website has always looked for one of two things. I need to go get some free icons and can I buttons, you know? And can I do get can I create some really nice looking buttons without having to do all the image and the image rollovers and those sorts of things of the macromedia gone past, right? Um, so I took the I took all that which generated all the CSS3 code and and the markup and everything and I thought, all right, let's just see what happens, right? And we'll put out a free version that's really stripped down and that sort of thing, but provides you know a lot of functionality to be honest and then there's this pro version which we priced intentionally at that ten dollar price because it's, it's what we call the no-brainer price you know it's like ah it's ten bucks yeah sure you know I'll buy that no big deal because 
everybody who has a website needs a button. I mean, it's just one of those common sort of threads in website design and development. You're going to need buttons somewhere. And so we thought, well, if we can provide a really nice, easy-to-use UI that does that, then people will get value out of that. And they can create as many buttons as they want. And then we added the ability to export the buttons. And then we added the creator started, had the idea of creating button packs, basically a set of predefined buttons so that if you go out and look at the sort of collection that we have, you can be like, oh, those look awesome. Let me grab those and then do a quick import into the plugin, and you're already done. You know, So you don't have to worry about be a true designer to create it. You can sort of use these things to get a big jump start, and you can just tweak if you want to as needed and that sort of thing. So that's kind of where it came from. But it's the buttons thing from a business perspective has really been the most interesting because – most of our customers are there right now. It's not the biggest money maker because it's a $10 product, but where most of our customer list has come from is that, you know, we did a mighty deals with deal with my, we did a mighty deals deal with mighty deals um, about a month or so after we launched it last year. And I remember when the deal launched, I woke up to 200 people who bought it, you know, and it was nuts. Ended up selling almost 500 copies of that thing in that week, so it was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's a lead generator for us, yep. and we're able to market to those people later, which is really important. Now, when you when you first started with it, um, well, let's talk actually. Let's let's talk about the pricing of that. You say the ten dollars mm-hmm. is is more like a lead generator, makes a little bit of cash. Yeah. Um, you know, did the business idea come from when you when you talk with your business partner? Well. It's ten bucks, but if we can sell hundreds of thousands, it's hundreds of thousands times ten. Sure, um, sure. Is is that the, was that the original concept, or was the idea to just go in and, and create a lead generator at a low price that you could just capture leads? Was there a strategy behind that, or did you kind of just fall into it? No, we to be, we kind of fell into it because when I when I first created the pro version, it was going to be twenty to twenty bucks because it's the value of you know the value of saving that much time to create a really awesome looking button, you know, without having to go get it to do it is you could, you could spend a lot, you know, not thousands of dollars on somebody to create a button, but you could spend a couple hundred bucks or something, right? Just on somebody two hours of time. So pricing at $20 seemed reasonable, you know, but so we, we priced it at $20 and we launched it at a $10 price. We've just never taken off the launch price. We decided <laughs> to leave it because it was so successful and we thought, well, that's where we're really building out our customer list is from these people. So let's continue to use that as our lead generation vehicle that we can market to for our other products and other things. And so that's kind of how that came about. It was really organic in how it happened. We didn't go out and create the buttons as a lead generation idea. It gotcha. just kind of was the other way around. Gotcha. And was that buttons uh, idea, That was that born from a need where you were just making tons of buttons in, in your freelance or, or consulting world and you were like, you know what, this just makes sense for me to make a button plugin to do this. No, it, it really goes back to that venture theme that no okay. longer available or whatever. Oh. But it it's 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 it was a typical thing of when you go to you build a, a product or an app and there are certain parts of it that you recognize can be extracted and reused for other purposes. Gotcha. That's where that came from. Gotcha. And when I built that as part of that that theme, it became sort of immediately apparent like that is its own plugin and let's see how that turns out and max foundry as it existed 
was that born from the, the, the button plugin, or did you just, is that when the whole concept came together and said, you know, we're going to do a startup company based around this product? Yeah, it was the latter. Okay. You know, the button stuff came later. Uh, Max Foundry actually got started because my business card, my the buddy of mine who is a mutual friend with me and my business partner, he's the one who hooked us up together. And my business partner had the idea, he wanted to buy another company and he wanted somebody to run it. And so uh, he went to my buddy first and, you know, he's like, well, I've already run in two other companies. I can't do that one too. So he's like, but you should talk to Dave. And that's how it got started. Now, we spent a little bit of time kind of evaluating whether or not we really wanted to buy that other company and just go forward or was the value not really worth it and we should just kind of do our own thing. Ultimately, we decided to do our own thing and that's how it sort of all came about. What kind of company was it, the other company? It was a company that sold themes for okay. internet for internet marketers. Okay. And that was it was very specific. It was just that. And that was interesting for me personally because at the time I not really got into that realm of things, you know. And it always sort of came off as, you know, used car salesman type stuff. I mean, I've come to learn that's not necessarily the case, but I mean it can be the case, but you know, by and large, it's not really the case. I mean, if you look at what I do, at, so, at some level, I'm an internet marketer, you right. know, and you have to sort of come to grips with that in a way and actually embrace it because otherwise you, you'll struggle. That, that's correct. Um, so it took a while for me. To, yeah, it took a while for me to embrace that side of it. But we were looking at that and ultimately the, the price is a bit too much and that sort of thing. And so we thought, well, they're doing themes with that. Let's And that company, I don't think actually, I think they, they totally pivoted they went off and do something totally different. And so we thought, well, there's no plugin for it. A plugin sort of, we thought, maybe made a bit more sense because you can take those those ideas and put them into an exist, somebody's existing theme without forcing them to change. And that's sort of where, ultimately, that's where, what Max Inbound is all about. So okay. That's awesome. And what was the next product to come after the buttons? You've started selling the buttons. You started doing uh, deals on deal sites. You started collecting leads. Um, what was that next product? And before you got into that next product, did you tap, uh, did you tap the, the knowledge of your existing clients to see what they wanted next? Well, let me back up because uh, what's Max, Max Inbound, I, well, the precursor to Inbound came first. And there were actually three of them. There were three different plugins, one for landing pages, one for sales pages, and one for... Uh, lead generation pages. That's what it was, and we—that was uh, it, it worked. <laughs> but I soon realized that all needed to be one product, and Max Inbound was born out of that. And we had done a couple themes up to that point too to sort of test that market, see how that would work, um, and what we could learn from it. Then the buttons came along because that came out of that venture theme. From there, we just sort of continued to iterate until a few months ago. I got the idea I wanted to do a gallery plugin. And that's what Max Gallery is all about. Now, a lot of people will listen to that and go, why would we create another gallery plugin? Because <laughs> it's a rather crowded market, right? And I admit that. Um, but what I found with gallery plugins, especially next gen, was that next gen actually pisses me off because it's <laughs> it's got it's sort of come, become the de facto standard, and it's uh, it's questionable, right? I'll, 
I'm not going to get too much into it. I don't want to sit. <laughs> I don't want to sit and bash it. This this isn't the time or place. But it 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 frustrated me, and if it frustrated me, then I know it's got to frustrate your normal everyday average user who's trying to use it. And I thought, okay, somebody we got to do something about this. And there's some other good ones that are sort of focused on images or focused on videos or focused on like just Vimeo videos or things like that. I wanted to bring all that stuff together so that you didn't have to have four or five different gallery plugins to do all of it. I wanted to have a gallery plugin that not only handled all the image images and those sorts of layouts and templates, but also the videos and make both sides of that responsive. And so that's where Max Gallery came out. And the important thing was I wanted the workflow and the UI experience in that to really integrate deeply with the WordPress media library. That was a month of extremely difficult trial and error and coding and trying to figure out exactly how that works. But it's turned out really well. And so we had, and it took off like a rocket. When we first launched it last November, um, you know, we, we went to our list and let them know it was coming and people signed up for early access to get the launch, you know, discount code and that sort of thing. And, and so it, it, you know, we had a lot of customers who were waiting on it. So that, that was good. How, from soup to nuts, uh, the Max Galleria plugin, how long did that take from when you started sketching the ideas out all the way to the first launch? Uh, it was about three months. Okay. Uh, the first month of that, and it's really split into two, three parts. The first month was sort of working through kind of the ideas getting thoughts down, kind of drawing some things on my whiteboard here, those sorts of things. And I was trying to iterate through a couple, you know, some additional changes to some of the other products. The first month, and so the second month basically was figure out how in the world to really integrate with the, the media library. It's not the easiest part to do. And as I got in there, I understood why, especially considering NextGen is a few years old now, I understood why NextGen made the decisions they made with regards to how they implemented it. It's not an easy problem. Finally got that figured out. That seriously took me a whole month. That took me all of September. Um, there was a lot of late nights and frustration, but, you know, I think we have it now. So, so then, you know, October, the third month, was the rest of it. That was putting all the additional workflow in place, all the media management, you know, all the responsiveness and that sort of thing. And, and John, who helps us out, he's, he's a responsive CSS, you know, guru. He, he, I get about 90% and then he fixes the other 10%, you know, so that, that's nice to have him around. Um, so that's, that's worked out really well. So soup to nuts, I'd say idea sort of concept talking about it to we actually delivered on November 1st, it was three months. The Which is sort of crazy, to be honest. Yeah. It was kind of the important thing is that you said a lot of sleepless nights, um, especially that first month. How do I do this? There are a lot of folks out there who have these great ideas, and they're I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll do it. You know, they they put yeah. it on their to do list, um, or or they go at it at very piecemeal, and it's just oh, I've got this side project. It's kind of fun. I'm kind of just putting a little bit of effort into it. You need like a thousand percent effort and it still takes you three months. And that's very important that the startup folks understand that, especially, yeah. develop, especially developers, because they think that they might have it all in their head and then they start working it out. And it's like, oh, God, I have, you know, two more months of work to go to, uh, to yeah. go through. Um, what is that? What is that experience like? I mean, you've, that's you've already gone through it with the button side. Now you're getting it to the to the gallery, uh, the gallery side. Stressful. Um, you know, unsure, yeah. of, unsure of yourself. What, what are the, 
what are the kind of the things you battle with so so you can help people out with that yeah i you hit on a lot of it and that's the stress is certainly something to deal with um that's one of those because as you you know the the devil is in the details and everybody hears that and i think everybody understands that but nobody really gets it until you actually come across the devil in the details you know and then you realize you have this sort of oh crap moment like this isn't going to take i'm not going to be done with this by friday this is like a month more work you know and everything that we've done has taken at least twice as long than we thought it would i mean everything it doesn't matter from trying to figure out how we would market it to product development to just you name it everything takes two to three times longer than you think it will um the trick though is to figure out how you can power through it because many people will get into it and because like that integrated media library is such a it's not a trivial thing to do it's difficult and a lot of people will look at that and go okay there's no i'm not doing that you know we'll 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 make some concessions and do it differently maybe that's not optimal for our users but it's good enough right there's a time and place for good enough i'm not really driven by being good enough you know i want to be the best you know, I want probably the best experience possible. I want people to use a product and go, that's how everything should work, just like that, you know. So to make a really simplified and unified integrated user experience takes an unbelievable amount of work. Now, I sort of killed myself in those couple months doing it. I don't recommend it that way, to be honest, you know. It was our sort of our own internal timeline, and I don't really work like that on a sort of consistent basis. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've had my late late nights don't you know that, that don't misunderstand it but um you know it's you, it's not sustainable so you have to sort of pick the times when you can do that you know and still be able to function you know the next day yeah and so that's kind of the trick it's but it's a matter of what if you have that if you can see the end result then you got to figure out how to power through it and just keep making progress that's that's I think the biggest takeaway is every time you sit down to do something, you by the time you're done, whether that's 15 minutes or 15 hours, you should be some incremental step further than where you started. And if you are, then awesome, right? It might that step might be this big or it might be this big. It doesn't really matter as long as it's progress and moving forward. Then you can come back the next day. It's like it's like uh, what I tell people is like when you play golf, right? When you play golf. And you're just starting out, and you're you know you're sort of getting the first few rounds in your belt. And you when you far, start to understand really how to hit a ball, um, it's a maddening game, right? I mean, you, you're slicing left and you're hooking right and all this sort of stuff. But then you par the you par a hole, and every shot, all shots were fantastic, and you one putted that one hole out of the 18 and the 17 other crappy ones is why you will come back the next time. That is because correct. There was, because there was progress. Yep. I so I I look at it the same way, and I try to get people to understand that. And it's sometimes it's hard to understand where the progress is, but it's that's what it's all about. Maybe you can't get there as fast as you want in a startup world. You never will. Um, but you got to figure out how you can continue to make progress. Yeah, that's uh, it's amazing, uh, amazing lesson um, that you just gave right there to the young startup and even young developer, designer, anyone who's starting out in the WordPress world um, where it's not going to just come, just because the idea is there, you just have, you have to power through it. You have to power through it where you're not burning yourself out, but that doesn't mean you, 
you can be lazy at the same time and you, and it doesn't mean that you should just expect things to come it's just all right it's hard work um and as long as yeah. you're, as, you're, as long as you're putting your best effort in um hopefully you can keep that drive straight uh 200 220 maybe if you're lucky 250 yards uh, right 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 <laughs> um all the while you're building the gallery plugin is your business partner and your team prepping for promotional stuff, marketing stuff? What's the other side of the house doing uh, while the development and design guys are going at it? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of discussion with how we're going to sell it, you know. And we're we're always still trying to figure out better ways to do that, you know. Um, it's still not the most natural thing for us to do, you know. We're not marketers and sales guys first. We're product guys first. And still learning that side of it. Now, I think in the last couple of years that I've been doing this, I've grown a thousand percent in terms of my personal professional development on that side than I have the product side of things. You know, I mean, that, I've been doing product stuff for so long. That's sort of second nature anyway. The other stuff is what was really hard to learn. So there's there's all discussions about how to do that. And there's things that we've we've done and we've gotten right, like the email marketing that we do really works that's proven that's a proven revenue stream for us those numbers work out um, you know one thing that we have to get better at is you know sort of in natural organic inbound and content marketing you know we need to be able to do more of that and so we're we're trying to get more focused on that but that's when you're trying to balance because content itself takes time like really good content takes time and of itself and that will take a lot longer than people think yeah you know so there's there's always two sides to product development. There's the product development, and then there's development of how to sell it. And that's putting together the website, the marketing, SEO stuff, what are the articles that you need to write, all that. And it's not, it's time consuming. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Yes, it is. You it's it's that's just the time That's the other thing that, um, that people uh, underestimate is the, is the market. Oh, yeah. Once they've built the product, now it's the marketing and sales of it, and, and that's super hard. Um, yes. Brian Castle of Restaurant Engine, a uh, good friend of mine, he talks about how content marketing has been a great success um, you know, in, in pushing his product and service. What about, what's one thing about your email newsletter marketing that, that really works? What do you think is uh, one thing you think you do that's, that, that really helps with the email marketing? Well, I can tell you, we started, uh, it's been over a year now, we had uh, had this idea to go out to our list once a week with a This Week in WordPress thing. The idea came to me from This Week in Baseball. I don't know if the baseball viewers out there remember, years ago there was this weekly show called This Week in Baseball, and I would tune in every week, and it was sort of the highlights of the week and that sort of thing. Um, that's always sort of stuck with me, you know, picking out the highlights for the week. So I had this idea to go back and just to continue to sort of stay in front of our customers. How, how can we, but also, you know, stop, not constantly sell to them, but yet sell to them, if that makes sense, right? So you got to, in order to do that, you have to provide something of value. And so the This Week in WordPress is a bunch of links and things that we've sort of curated over the past week. And we put them sort of in a you know nice list, and it looks really good in the email. And John helps me curate all that and puts it together. And we send that out to the list, and we get really great open rates and click-through rates on that. And we've had you know sometimes 
the numbers themselves help prove what you're trying to do, and they certainly do. But what's nice is usually about once a week, we get somebody that emails us. Usually they'll respond to the email with like a question about something with the product because we got back in front of them and it reminded them about something. And then they'll throw in, they'll be like, oh, by the way, I'm so glad you guys put these together. It helps me stay on top of what's going on in the WordPress community. You know, so that's that alone means a lot. Just that one says basically says thanks. Yeah. You know, so every now every time we do that, we usually see a spike in sales. You know, because somebody will go back out and like, oh yeah, I was wanting to get that button pack that I saw last week. You know, there it is, and that's another sale. Or oh yeah, I've been wanting to try their gallery gallery plugin. I need to go take a look at that. So we we see that spike in sales. We see that spike in traffic every time we put something out. You know, it's. You know, so it's that's one thing that has worked for us tremendously just because it allows us to stay in front of our customers and provide value to them on a weekly basis. Yes, that's another great lesson content marketing, selling without selling. Um, yeah. You know, not pushing. Chris Brogan talks about that a lot about the human side of selling. Um, yep. So that's great stuff. One thing that you reminded me of when you were talking about, you know, sending these emails out, you might be hitting, your client base might be uh, that small business owner who just doesn't get any of this stuff, especially WordPress. Um, they, found your, they found your buttons because they wanted to do a button. How do you deal with the support of someone that says, hey, I thought this, <laughs> I thought this product was going to do this, you know? I thought leads were going to come flying in after I installed this. You guys yeah. lied to me. Yeah. Luckily... We haven't had a whole lot of, you know, being blamed for lying to somebody. Um, but, we, you know, you run into that from time to time. But somebody says, you know, this doesn't work like I thought it was, you know. That, for one, gives me an opportunity to go and ask questions and interact with that person to find out, one, how we, missed, how we just didn't, what the disconnect was. Because it helps me understand how, what marketing changes or content changes or, things like that that we need to address because if they felt like they were misled then that's something that I'd want to take a look at on the websites and go okay yeah I guess I can see how that how they would think that even though it's completely unintentional or something like that you know so we've, we've, had, we've had a few of those and that's I just look at it as an opportunity to engage and usually when you do that people are really appreciative of you a real human emailing and say hey Sorry about this. I'd like to understand more about why, uh, you know, where the disconnect was. You know, help me out, or and I just ask questions. You know, sometimes that results in a refund. Sometimes they're like, ah, okay, you know, I understand now. I'll give it a shot. That sort of thing. So it's just it's just open dialogue. Yep. You know, and it's one thing that developers in particular, I think, especially in the startup world, have to get really good at. You gotta talk to customers. You know, and sometimes the most important customer to to talk to is the one that's pissed off at you. Right. You know, because they're they're not really gonna hold back and tell you what they think. Right. <laughs> so right. they tend to get sort of that brutal honesty and right. um you gotta take your personal feelings out of it and realize it's just a different point of view. Yeah, I agree. I I asked this I asked that question because my next question is um, all about price, and it's do you think we're not charging enough for these types of products, given all the uh, work and effort that's put behind it? Are we are we selling ourselves too short? Yeah, I do think there's some of that actually. Um, we try when we first launched the first product. I remember specifically. We charged ninety-seven dollars and the hundred and eighty-four. 
and I we made some sales on it, but we had a bunch of people initially uh, tell us as much as they thought it would help them out. There was no way they were going to pay that much money, and that was sort of a not a shock, but it was something that we knew we wanted to try to push because we you, know, you look at you know, the commercial market and WordPress themes and and plugins. You get a freaking theme for fifty bucks that does most of what you need, like. What you know what I mean? Whereas you know, custom development can cost you thousands of dollars, and people are pissed that you charge them. Then you want to raise prices. So I, there's been a, a, you know, there's sort of been that I don't know way of of doing things in the WordPress ecosystem that has made it such a commodity market. You know, now part of that is because there's so many really good free. You know, plugins and themes out there that you know will do a lot of what people want. You know, and um, you might not get the support or the updates or anything like that. But if you're okay with that, then have at it. You know, um, so I think that's something that I'd like to see. I I know I just saw it last week. There was a new WordPress.com theme. I think was like 150 bucks. I saw it come across and I thought, finally, somebody's got you know sort of the balls to charge a lot more than the average, you know. And I think I'd like to see it go there because there's also that I mean pricing is such a psychology psychological thing, right? It's the notion of, well, if you're you know, you could be too expensive because you're so why are you so much more than competitors? Or if you're too cheap and you're so much less than competitors, then people think, well, it's not any good, it's cheap. So the middle ground is extremely difficult to find. A lot of testing needs to happen find out what the sweet spot is, you know, like, like take the buttons, for example, that's that $10 no brainer price. Part of me still wants to put it back, raise it to the $20. Now, downside of that, I mean, the upside is we'll make more money. Downside is we won't land as many customers. So our lead generation will fall off just because it's a higher price. It's natural. And so it's for us where we're at, we want more leads, we want more customers because we we've gotten good at marketing to them after the fact. So we're going to leave it where it is. But you know, I'd like to go and test it for a couple of weeks, see what happens. You know, so that is something we've been talking about. But pricing is such a hard thing. But when it comes to WordPress in general, there's that notion of it should be around that fifty dollar, forty, fifty dollar price range. And I think it's going to be it's sort of like what the game industry went through a few years ago. Every new game was $49, 50 bucks. Well, publishers started to rate, they all raised it to $10, right? You go buy a new game, the next Gears of War game that comes out next month, which I will be in line to buy, 60 bucks, right? No ifs, ands, or buts. There was a huge outcry for that additional $10, right? These are things that tens of millions of dollars go into research and development to buy, for you to spend $60. You know, such a small price to pay, and yet people got used to it. So I think as more and more companies sort of get, you know, get, I think, brave enough to raise those prices, $10, $20, right? As a whole, that average is going to go up, and I think we'll start to see more value out of it. So Yeah, no, I, it's an awesome answer. They, uh, I totally agree. Um, I did an interview with Jose Caballero, who hosts This Week in Web Design, um, has his own uh, firm, the group, and the school. And he was working for some of the largest web development design agencies that were getting hundreds of thousands, two hundred thousand dollars for projects. Uh, and he flat out said, the, "There's no difference I mean, between the final product 
besides our brand. Our brand built it. I mean, it, technically, it's the same product. It's getting the same job done. Uh, we just charged 10 times more because we have the brand. Right. Um, and it's right. important that folks raise their prices. That's part of the reason why I even do this show is because I got fed up with getting undersold um, by competition, doing the $500 site. But at the yep. same time, I need to educate the potential client to see yes. that there is much more value than 500 bucks. I, I can do yeah. 500 bucks for you, but it's just going to be a consulting session. <laughs> and yep. and yep. I'm going to give you an hour or two hours with some documentation and some stuff and actual items you can go and do. Um, and you're going to get that money back when you land a sale for whatever business you're in. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's definitely true. So, so good stuff. Um, let's talk about WordPress. <laughs> WordPress, uh, real quick. Um, you uh, do the uh, Columbus, Ohio meetup and WordCamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the value of WordCamps, just so people know. Um, what do you see? So, out of yeah, last year was the first year I got involved in the WordCamp stuff. It was one of those where with Max Foundry, had been so heads down, just trying to get a foothold. That was the only focus. Anything else outside of that was a distraction, essentially. But then we sort of saw the light a little bit, and brought my head up out of the water and out of the sand, and like, okay, we got uh, we got to do some other stuff, you know, and get involved. And I had been involved on the .dot net side of things for so long. It was only a matter of time before do the same thing with the WordPress side. And I, that's really important because it raises visibility. I remember Angie Meeker, and, um, who's here in Columbus, and she's got her own consulting uh, agency that she runs, and John Davis, who uh, runs Shop Plugin, the e-commerce stuff. Um, I, I pinged Angie and said, hey, you know, how do we start a meetup group and whatever? Um, and then John sort of talked to her about the same thing um, uh, on another channel, and we kind of all three realized we were all within. I mean, John, Angie, and I here in the same town, and John's only an hour away. And I thought that's crazy, you know. So let's get together and, and talk about this. And that I think has helped change what we're trying to do in the Columbus and Central Ohio area, because I know there are a lot of WordPress people here, you know. But I, my goal is an. I think three of our, our, our goal is to raise the visibility of all those people and bring them out, you know. And so we're, tr we're still trying to do that. That's what the week, you know, the monthly meetup is about. And WordCamp Columbus last year was a phenomenal experience. You know, it all kind of came together late and everything, but we pulled it off. It, I think we had 175 people. This year, well, I think we'll be around the 225, 250 range. And I would expect that to grow by 50 people just about every year. We have a great venue here at, on Ohio State's campus at the Student Union, which is a new building. Well, sort of new. It's been there for a few years, but it's it's the star of the show. <laughs> that venue is really ridiculous. Um, but you know, we had you know um, some great presenters, and we had some great sessions, and uh, we've got a lot of beginners in this area. So you know, we had like a beginners workshop, and that brought out a lot of people. So it's good. I mean, you you have to you don't have to, but it would behoove everybody to get involved in some facet, whether you're just there to attend and kind of sit back in the back of the room and kind of observe or actually be sort of upfront and help lead the charge and anywhere in, in the middle. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely a great experience. Yeah. So. I, I, uh, a lot of the folks that I talk to say that, um, a lot of, um, the developers, 
that I talk to actually are self-proclaimed introverts and they talk yeah. about their experiences going to word camps, especially if they go to their first one. They really don't talk to anybody. They're afraid to. There's sort of that mentality of, oh, you know, there's somebody from Automatic or there's somebody from WordPress.com. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid to go say hi to them, you know. Uh, yeah. And we kind of yeah. talk about how you have to break those barriers and, and network because you're going to find business, you're going to find jobs, you're going to find friends, you're going to build a network. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's yeah, all about. Yeah, the network opportunity is the reason why you go to something like that, you know, because you'll find your next gig or you'll find somebody to help you with your problem or something like that. And you just continue to build this network of people that influence you and then you can help influence and lean on each other. So that's that's a big deal. You know, we had some automatic people there and they're, you know, they're automatic the automatic guys are awesome, yeah. you know, and they, they truly go out of their way to, you know, help, you know, and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's all, you know, I think when people first get over that fear, then they always look back on it and go, Oh yeah, why was I so stupid? That was, you know, why didn't I just do that sooner? Yeah. So awesome. Well, this has been an awesome interview. Um, lots of great insight. This is some really good actionable items i hope everybody can take away from uh some of your experiences and some of your lessons uh let's jump right into the lightning round uh where i will ask you a series okay. of questions and you'll have a series of quick answers okay um the first one the one plugin you cannot live without besides your own oh jeez um probably wp supercash okay uh, a favorite wordpress or business book Book. Um, probably Brad Williams and the guys, Professional WordPress Plugin Development. I think that's the one. Yep, version two just came I, out, I think. Yeah, I haven't got version two yet. I'll pick it up here soon. Uh, a quote that you live or run your business by? Oh, I can tell you. It's up on my board. Where is it? Oh, no, I erased it. <laughs> it's an Einstein quote. It's, uh, I think, what I think, let me make sure I get it right. It's, um, Make it simple. Make everything as simple as possible, but not uh, something. I can't remember the. That's why I, I can't. If I, <laughs> I erased it, so I have this big whiteboard that sits yeah. on this wall right here. Uh, some, but not. Uh, I can't remember now. I'll have to look. Yeah, it's nice. an, If you go look up Einstein's simple quote, I'm sure you'll find it. Nice. Um, the best business or career advice you've ever received. Um. Us, oh, jeez. I'd I'd probably have to say, um, from my business partner, there was a there was a time I was really struggling, um, just trying to figure things out and move forward, and you know he called me up and he said, you know I I know you're struggling. Um, there's always you know there's always the next thing to do. You're it's don't let it you know just keep do. He's like you know basically told me do what you tell everybody else. Right. Is move keep moving forward. Right. You know, and I think that's that's probably it. He re, he reminded me of that yeah. one day when I needed to be reminded the most, and that you know sort of took put everything in perspective. Nice. Um, the longest a client project has ever taken. <laughs> um, let's see. The longest one that I've been on was probably well, it wasn't a WordPress thing. So, but from a consulting standpoint, it took eighteen months. But I didn't. I didn't see it. I actually left after thirteen. <laughs> it, it was something I was driving an hour and a half each way to do daily. Wow! And that obviously, I, the fact that I did it for thirteen months, 
itself. <laughs> it's like, how'd I go that long? <laughs> I left it in great hands, though. It was in great Good. hands. It finished strong. I was happy. Good. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I honestly don't know if I. Well, let's see. If I have to pick, do I have to pick? A lot of developers say that they'd build their own. I wouldn't build my own. I think that's. I just. It's like you know the problem with that is it's like uh, timesheet software. Everyone, nobody likes timesheet software, so every developer thinks they can build a better one, and yet nobody's ever done it, yeah. right? CMSs, I think, are much the same way. I don't want to build my own CMS. I have much more important things to do. Now, the CMS can provide me, like, WordPress has become a platform, right, as an application platform, and I've seen that coming for a long time. It's very clear now. Um, I, I wouldn't change. I'd, WordPress would be the first recommendation, and I can't. I wouldn't recommend anything else over top of those, put it that way. Good. Uh, who should I interview next? Oh, man. Um, you know what? Interview, shop, or, uh, interview John Davis from Shop. Got to know John quite a bit. He's an awesome guy. He's extremely bright. And he's got a really, he'll have some real perspectives on the e-commerce side of things in WordPress. Just, you know, that's certainly his forte and his area of expertise. But there's a lot of things there that are going on. You know, when Wu came in and did, did WooCommerce and they made that free and decided to charge for extensions, you know, that sort of has had, you know, it's caused him to take a look at things. You know, the things that Pippin's doing as well, yep. you know, with his uh, easy digital downloads. You know, so I think John would be awesome to have on this show. He's been around WordPress now for a while, um, and he's got a really good grip and perspective on product development, the community side of things, and everything in between. So he'd be awesome. Good deal. Uh, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Um... Should have. <laughs> I, I think we covered it, but um, I think should have asked. So if somebody's looking at, they want the one thing. It's how you know how long did you think it was going to take you to build something? You know that you can sell and market. You know, and the answer to that is twice as long as you think it will. Right? <laughs> I don't know what that amount of time is, but it's twice as long. Right. And don't discount all the other stuff. If if you build it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come to you. Right. That's no. That's to you're totally accurate. It's also saying no to a lot of the stuff that you want that you want oh, to put yeah. into a product. Yeah, um, that's we hadn't even got to really hit on that, yeah. but you have to say no all the time, mm -hmm. you know, because the next thing you know, it, things explode on you really quickly, you know. And as an entrepreneur and a startup person and an idea guy, it's hard to keep that stuff in check just so that you can see the product through and know that you'll try to get to that stuff later, you know, because it's all too often to run to the next shiny thing. Yes. And that's, that is a discipline that takes time to really hone in on. And if you can do that and remain laser focused, you know, you, you've got a good chance of success. If you're constantly chasing the next idea, uh, you're going to be, you're going to struggle because <laughs> you'll never finish anything. That's right. That's right. Finish. You got to get something out the door. Yeah, we we all struggle. Or at least I struggle with the same thing. Um, we could go on for hours about this. Uh, <laughs> about Sorry, this. That's a that's a whole another chat. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so first, I want to say thanks for doing this interview. Is some awesome stuff. I hope everybody gets something really good out of it. Uh, I want to tell folks if they want to hook on to my newsletter. It's Matt. Oh, excuse me. Go to mattreport.com/slash subscribe. 
um, jump on the email list and I'll email you when awesome interviews like this come out. I want everybody to say thanks to Max Foundry and Dave Donaldson. So go plug away, Dave. Where can people find you on the web? Where can they buy your stuff? Well, the best place to start is go to maxfoundry.com. Uh, from there, each of the three products have their own websites. Um, you know, the, they so they're really con that content is focused around those particular products. But if you go to maxfoundry.com, you'll see the products listed. Awesome. Yeah, I think we just broke up for a little bit, but we're oh, back. Oh, there you are. You're back. <laughs> <All right>. So <laughs> maxfoundry.com, maxfoundry.com, maxfoundry.com. Yeah. Uh, you can find all the good stuff there. Uh, Dave, can people say thanks to you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And that's uh, at Arcware, correct? At Arcware, yeah. A-R-C-W-A-R-E. Awesome. Or they can hit at MaxFoundry, too. I manage both those. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Matt.